0: but not for much longer, and I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Did you know that March is Women's History Month? Well, women all over the world are not only pet mamas, but they are also pet bosses. We wanted to feature and celebrate some of the phenomenal women doing great work in the pet industry, making their mark and leaving important legacies. At Pet Boss Nation, we're a female-founded and owned company. Our membership is 95% female, and we have an all-female team. Today, my guest is one of our Pet Boss mentors, and also somebody who celebrates women on her pet industry podcast, Wear Wag Repeat. She's definitely making her impact in a positive, uplifting, and inclusive way. And I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to introduce you to her. This is a great episode. So stay tuned and happy Women's History Month to all my girl bosses out there. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory. Have a team or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pep Boss Nation and a Pet Business Coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Tori Mystic is an influencer, educator, podcaster, and founder of the award-winning dog mom lifestyle brand, Wear Wag Repeat. Her mission is to help women live their best lives with dogs, either as pet parents or as petpreneurs, or as we like to call them, pet bosses. Her dog mom advice has been featured in BuzzFeed, Good Morning America, and the Wall Street Journal. Tori's guardian to two chocolate labs, Lucy and Bert, who she adopted as special needs senior dogs. Their favorite activities include discovering new hikes and coming up with canine enrichment activities together. All right, well, Tori Mystic, welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast. We're so thank excited you for having me, Candace. Here. I am just in awe of what you've created at Wear Reg Repeat. And I I'm so impressed that you have hit 206 podcast episodes, and you're officially here on our episode number
1: 10. <laughs> Yay. I'm so excited. And, and like I was mentioning to you that you've just hit the ground running with your podcast and you already have tons of reviews and it's just amazing. So it's it's interesting because I started my podcast four years ago and there wasn't a lot of information about like how to do that. It's just, it's interesting how like timing makes a big difference. You know, the best time to start something is, is now, uh, whatever it is that you want to do.
0: Right. And I remember when we started Pet Boss Nation about five years ago, people were encouraging us to do a podcast. But at the time I felt, I was like, I don't know, it's a lot of dog puns and birds squawking in the background. And like, I don't know, it was like almost too silly at the time. And there were like these big, you know, companies that were like, we can get you a show. And in my mind, I'm like, who listens to these podcasts? (laughs) (laughs) Big, you know, big, I was clearly missing something because tons of people listen to podcasts now though, fast forward. And I think it has just become Much more part of our learning style and entertainment style or avenue, right, to learn about things. And you, we had been thinking about it for a long time, and then you did a podcast that was about podcasting. And I was like, I can do this. I can do this. (laughs) This I don't know what resistance I was feeling, but I was like, we we can make this happen. Um, You inspired us. I'm
1: I'm sorry for sending you down (laughs) this path. Right. Because now all it is is
0: more content, content, content. No, 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 no. But we're, we have you here specifically because it is Women's History Month here in the month of March. And you have made a decision to, at least it seems like from my perspective, and I'd love to get your take on it, but it seems like from my perspective that you really decided to focus on the women in the pet industry and really celebrate
1: them. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, sure. So I I do on my podcast and in the educational programs I have and all kinds of other things I do, I really focus on women and dog moms and it's a very, you know, female proud kind of world that I live in and and I love it that way. But a lot of people early on would ask me, oh, "What about the guys? Tori, you're leaving out 50% of potential people." And I haven't really found that to be the case. (laughs) I think that men and women are very different in how they interact with people online. Men and women dog owners are very different about how they interact with one another. And I just found the female community to be really supportive and welcoming and open and honest and compassionate and all of these wonderful qualities. Uh, And so I'm really happy that I, that I focus on that. When I first started my podcast, I was actually going to interview creative women entrepreneurs who had dogs because I was worried that interviewing women in the pet industry, I was going to run out of guests Mm. soon. So that's how I started. So I do have some earlier episodes that people aren't specifically in the pet industry, but they were, you know, photographers or web designers or whatever, and they just loved their dog. And so that's kind of what we did for a few early episodes, but here I am 206 plus episodes later, it's really niched down to specifically women in the pet industry and almost all entrepreneurs. Uh, there's a few a few guests, probably a dozen that are kind of corporate and, and work for bigger companies, but primarily it's people who like started their own business. And I just think that's so inspiring. And, and I love to kind of highlight that because as we've heard over the last couple of years, representation is so important. And so if there's a woman out there, who's a, a little girl or a 50 year old woman who no matter where you are, in your demographic age range or anything, I think it's important to see that other people are pursuing the same dreams that you have.
0: Yes, yes. I love that. And we found that to be true also in the Pet Boss Nation community. Our community, actually, the, our larger Facebook group is full of men and women, but our programs and what people, when they join our Pet Boss Club or do one-on-one work with me, it's often much more the females. And what's interesting is, I could always tell though that on our webinars, our free webinars, we would get a lot of men that showed up, but then they wouldn't purchase the program. And I wonder if it was that they didn't think that they needed the support or maybe they didn't know if it was right for them or not, but either way, it took a little while to get the men on board. And now we do have a handful of male members in our pet boss club.
1: We love men. They're, They're wonderful, but I had kind of a similar thing. Like I have a a membership program as well. And I've had a few, like three guys who over the past year and a half have said, I know it's just, it's for women, but can I please join and I'll make an exception or I'll change my wording to make it a little bit more open and inclusive and they'll cancel after a month or something. (laughs) Um, so I'm like, you know what, we're just going to stick to the ladies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Stick to the ladies. Because we do need a place because there is, you know, when I would always go to trade shows as a buyer for my retail store, it seemed like a lot of people that were walking the floor were women who were buying for their businesses, but the rest of the people there were men working at the trade show booths and as sales reps, or even at the very top. Right. And when we look at the trade magazines and who's winning awards and who are the writers of of the articles and who's, you know, kind of at the top making the decisions. It is a lot of men.
1: Yeah. I I've definitely noticed that myself and it is a major pet peeve. There's certain email newsletters that I just have had to unsubscribe from because the people they continuously award and recognize are all really white men. And I just, it just irritates me so much. So I've like unsubscribed from some of those, but, you know, and and I think at the trade shows, I have seen the same thing that it's a lot of men in charge of like the big flagship booths. Mm -hmm. But what I've noticed is that in, in, you know, some trade shows have an area that's like innovation lane. And if you go over there to that little dark corner of the room, (laughs) that's where you'll find a lot of really intelligent amazing women who are inventing really cool things you know I don't want to stereotype but but the guys seem to be hanging out at kind of the companies that have been around forever and aren't what I think of as being super innovative and and the women tend to be you know hanging out at the smaller companies pivoting more being more experimental listening to their customers more and just doing more exciting things
0: yeah. Yeah. So, and you on your podcast get to interview a lot of them. (laughs) So let's pivot now, since it is, you know, women's history month, let's talk about the women in the pet industry who are making history. And I asked you to comb through those 206 podcast episodes that you have and just pull out three of your favorites.
1: So this was really hard for me, Candace. (laughs) and i spent way too much time going back through my archives so i'll have to do some other kind of post with like my top 20 yeah. but but i narrowed it down to 3 for here because people don't want to probably listen to a 2 hour long episode about this <laughs> <laughs> so looking at kind of all these 200 there's there's so many great women and great stories that stick out but the 3 that i chose for you today i really like it because they kind of also span the globe. So we go from Harlem to California to Australia, and they're all, they all have very different businesses, but just, I, I loved speaking with them. So the first one was Melissa Michener. She is the founder of the Bark Shop, which is a grooming shop in Harlem she does amazing things in her business she's we talked a lot about inclusivity and diversity she does career training and education through an organization called Goso that helps reduce the recidivism rate in young men in New York City so she's she's doing really really social action kind of things in her business that are really awesome. But what I loved most about talking to her was hearing about how, when she first started her business, this pet, this dog grooming shop in Harlem, she was trying to find new customers and she would go walk around the streets and she'd see a dog tied up in front of Starbucks while their owner was inside getting a coffee. And she would stand next to that dog and wait for their owner to come out. So she could give them a flyer about her business I just loved hearing about how kind of like scrappy and gorilla she was getting with her mm, marketing. Yeah. And just how important it is to like actually talk to people face to face to promote your business no matter what it is. So she was episode 127. Okay. And I'll send you all the links. Yeah. <laughs> we will, link. We
0: will we'll link to these in our podcast show notes.
1: Yeah. And and Melissa's just, she's awesome. Uh, I, I love her. And she's been recognized uh, in a lot of different platforms as well. Another conversation that I loved was episode 170. And I was talking to Min Young Merida. She has an online course called the Dog Bakery Academy. We were when we first did our interview, we were giggling so much that we actually had to re-record the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So I had never met her before. And that's that's one of the cool things about podcasting, is you can just kind of get to know people. So quickly. And, and it's just really fun to chat with everyone. So we were just, we were laughing so hard. We had to rerecord our whole discussion, <laughs> but she is so thorough. And so, so just like giving with the information that she has in her course, the dog bakery Academy and she created it because and she was really honest about this is that she found she needed to prioritize her own mental health because she had a bake a dog bakery of her own and it was really stressful. She was working really long hours and just getting totally burnt out. And she's really open about how she needed to, you know, put her mental health first and shut down the bakery and instead pivot to teaching other people how to create their own dog bakeries, because she knows there is a need for beautiful and healthy dog treats. So that's a great conversation with Min Young. She's in California. I'm glad um, you brought that up
0: because actually, I think that's one of the most common questions that we get in our Facebook groups in Pet Boss Nation is about dog treat businesses and how they get licensed, how they make things, what ingredients work, what, what equipment do they need? Like all of those resources. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because it is a very popular topic.
1: Yes. And I also in in lurking in your Facebook group, see dog supply shop owners asking what, where to get their treat suppliers. And so I know that there's a huge need and it's hard to find the right people. Min is just a great resource on all of that and then okay the the third one and this is in no particular order and you guys i have so many other favorites yeah. but i really loved one of my most recent episodes episode 205 was with natalie venosi her brand is called sweet goodbye we discussed a topic that i think a lot of people avoid and don't want to talk about, which is your pet dying and what you're going to do about it. And she's created this brand that has, has made your pets final day into kind of a beautiful ceremony. And not that it's like something to look forward to, but just talking about how important it is to be prepared, send your dog off into whatever the next phase is of their metamorphosis in a beautiful caring way that's, that's reflective of how much care you gave them during their life. And so I, I loved that conversation. It's the only podcast I've ever cried on, <laughs> but I just couldn't help but thinking about my old dogs and Natalie. She's also the executive director of a contracting business in Australia called Pindari that is a certified Aboriginal business. So she does really cool work and sweet goodbye is like her side passion project. I just think these three women such different businesses, such different niches. Some of them do it full time brick and mortar, some are online only and some it's like their side job. So I, I just think that, you know, there's so much inspiration and so much we can learn from everyone.
0: Yeah, well I love all of those that you just shared and I I just saw recently that you that that latest episode and I know that both of you I think I think it probably came to surface for you because you have an older dog, right? And so, you know, that this is going to be coming down the pipeline Yeah, and I, I'm in the same boat with Clover. She's, I can tell certain things are changing very quickly. And, and so I'm like, I got to listen to that episode, but I also know I'm just
1: going to cry. I know. I feel like I haven't looked at my stats for it for the last week, but I feel like nobody wants to listen to right. that episode,
0: <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I will tell you that. So, you know, four years ago when we had to say goodbye to Clover's litter mate Guinness, I knew that I wanted to do an at-home euthanasia and we made it a whole thing. It was a beautiful day under the leaves and we got pizza and we had like all of his favorite stuff and we did the paw stuff and the dogs were around and it was, and then we, you know, went for a walk and opened up Guinness, you know, had a toast to Guinness and, you know, we just made it a whole day and it was very hard and we cried the whole time. And then we ended up um, burying him out in the woods at our parents' house where all the dogs were We do kind of have a pet cemetery now, I guess, at my (laughs) parents' house. I think there's about six dogs buried in the ravines in the woods. You know, my dad ended up burying Guinness for us so that we didn't have to do that. And we went on a walk with our other dogs while he did that. And then when we came back, we were able to go and like walk in the woods and find him. And, And it was like, it was a very sad day. But what was so interesting about that experience was that we just really honored him. And we had that closure and it was very calming for him. It was, you know, and it, it, it was hard to make that t- decision, but at the end of the day, it was a good experience for us. So I'm glad we did it.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that it's important to talk about this topic. There's so much grief and to let people know that they're not alone, that there are things you can do to kind of prepare so that you're not like, what do I even do? Um, when it does happen, because for me being prepared, makes me feel so much calmer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think just talking about this kind of taboo topic, I think it has the potential to, to make a big difference in people's lives. Yes.
0: 100%. So speaking of making a big difference, who has made a big difference in your life? When it comes to the women who have played a role in your life, can you share with us?
1: Well, so of course, you know, my mother is also an entrepreneur and very successful and has inspired me to figure it out on my own since I was a very young girl, but one of my, one of my favorite role models is a fictional character, (laughs) Elle Woods from (laughs) Legally Blonde played by Reese Witherspoon, who I also love and adore and, and Elle Woods, she just, is such a wonderful character who inspires me so much. First of all, she loves dogs, she's got a chihuahua named Bruiser, and she loves pink, as do I. She takes things that people say, you can't do that, does them, and she does them better than everybody else. That's right. And that's that's what I love about her. And I just I love that movie so much. It's really about kind of pushing the dumb guy to the side and like going after your dreams and doing your thing. And I, I just think it's such a wonderful story, and then. Reese Witherspoon herself. Now she has started a production company called hello sunshine, where she, she has a book club where she features female authors. And then that's kind of, I don't know if it's officially like this, but it seems to me that's kind of like an incubator for books that might go on to become Scripts for movies or TV shows that her production company produces. And she's always doing stuff to raise the profile of women in Hollywood, which, you know, if we think that women in the pet industry aren't getting the spotlight, women in Hollywood really aren't getting the spotlight, you know, when you look at the directors who've won Oscars and all of that kind of stuff. So Reese herself ha- is doing a lot of work to help women, um, authors and actresses and just people in the whole entertainment industry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do love Reese Witherspoon too.
1: Yeah. And, and that movie. That's good. I'm and she go. also, she has lots of dogs herself. She, I don't know if she still has a chocolate lab, but she had a chocolate lab and she's got a Frenchie. She's a big animal person too.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully she'll hear this episode. Maybe she'll, she'll get a
1: listen. Yeah, actually, <laughs> we'll I'm actually really good friends with Reese. We talk all the time. Um, And and by that, I mean, I watch her Instagram stories all yeah. the time. I don't think she watches <laughs> mine, but <laughs>
0: Oh, fun. Good stuff. Okay. Where do you see the pet industry going? Like I would say maybe in like the near future and then maybe, you know, the far, the far distant future. Um, you talk to so many pet professionals on a regular basis and you're very, um, connected into, I think researching and knowing the trends and, you know, you, you, live this life with your dogs and the life with other dog moms. And, uh, I'd love to just hear your perspective on any innovations or trends that you're seeing coming and and where you think we're going.
1: Yeah. Um, well it's hard to predict like anything super specific or concrete. So I think it's more of like a a vibe that I would pick up in terms of trends or, or where we're headed. And, and it's something that's kind of been building for the last several years, which is, you know, pets as family members. So first of all, you know, people want to be around their pets a lot more. They're doing more interactive things with their pets, just based off of my own blog and kind of search traffic and what I'm seeing on people searching for on Pinterest, canine enrichment is becoming more and more commonplace of people getting curious about what that is um, and how to enrich their dogs' lives almost like they're your kids, right? Because that's how a lot of us feel now. So um, you know, with your with human kids, you might enroll them in after-school programs and tutoring and all of this stuff. And I see that people are doing that more and more with their pets. Um, so, you know, doing dog sports or just dog activities for fun, doing kind of mental enrichment, which is kind of like tutoring for your dog, teaching them kind of things throughout their lives. And those all to me, kind of encapsulate, you know, pets as family. Um, I don't know if I think of my pets as my children. Cause I feel like we're more like equals. <laughs> <laughs> They're your roommates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we're. Co- I like the term. I like dog, this dog guardian. Yeah, um, guardian that's kind yeah. of a term that I feel like I resonate with the, the most, but I was, I was also just, my dad's an attorney. And so I was, Anytime I see something interesting about dogs and and the law, I'm always talking to him about it. And so we were chatting the other day, and I just said, I, I think that in the future there will be laws changed that no longer recognize pets as property, mm. but recognize them as like a new distinction. And I don't know that it, you know, people are always joking. They want to claim their pet is they're dependent on their taxes. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's where it's headed, but I think that there, there will be a new distinction in the next five years, maybe of how we recognize pets as family members and not so much as property. I sure hope so too. You know, they have a lot of they they should have more rights um, have and more, more rights, protections yeah. than they do now yeah. and you know in the in the last several years, we've seen more laws about, you know, it's a felony to abuse animals in certain areas. Now Mm -hmm. there are a a lot of laws, even though it's been wrong for a long time, there's actually concrete laws about leaving your dog in a hot car, or leaving Mm -hmm. them chained up outside when it's below freezing. Now there's laws to protect them against that kind of treatment. So I, I just kind of see that kind of blossoming and, and growing into more protections for them. Yes. Yes.
0: So you mentioned there that about Pinterest and you mentioned that you um, have some courses. Can you talk a little bit
1: more about how you're educating the pet industry? Yeah. So this is kind of funny. Like I, for yeah, I've had my blog for nine years. Um, Oh, has it been that long? Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Surprisingly it has. And I've been doing the podcast for like four years when the pandemic hit, I had an online course about Instagram, growing your, your pet's Instagram account, but that was really all I had in terms of online education. And, and when the pandemic hit, I hosted a free workshop in April of 2020 about how to grow your pet business online. It was really geared towards people who had In person services that were shut down during that lockdown early on in the pandemic, kind of teaching them how they could use blogging or Pinterest or social media or uh, setting up print on demand products so that they could at least do something to grow their business while they couldn't operate. That workshop had 200 people come to it, which I was like blown away by. And I was like, oh, people want to know about this. So I started creating more online courses. And I I created two new courses in that year, one about how to set up an on-demand online store, which I think is a great asset for influencers and bloggers and also like dog sitters and dog walkers where you can offer products to your customers and, or your fans and make a little extra income. It's always, so the the print on it's, it's print
0: on demand, meaning they don't have to stock any of the inventory. They're going to design something and it gets printed at a warehouse or manufacturer and ships directly to the customer.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm sure you teach about this all the time, but, you know, having different revenue streams is so important. And we saw that during the pandemic that you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. So having, having this print on demand, you can do t-shirts or mugs or whatever it is. They have thousands of products yeah. and you could put your logo or a design or a catchphrase are all kinds of different things. And it's just kind of a good extra thing to have right. running. And,
0: and you might not make as much of a margin on it or profit if you, as if you carried it, you know, in your physical uh-huh. business or stored it yourself, but that's the beauty of it is you don't have that money tied up in all that extra inventory. That's going to sit there.
1: Yeah. You know, I've done, I'm, I have an online store with these on-demand stuff, but I've done some pop-up events, pop-up vendor things. And I'm always like, oh gosh, I need to have some t-shirts because people at, at in-person pop-ups, they don't really get like, oh, you got to go online and order it. Mm-hmm. You need to have some some inventory there. And you know, I would inevitably end up with the wrong sizes that people didn't want. And I still have things left over from those pop-ups yep. two years ago. So doing things on demand and not carrying inventory. And especially in the pandemic, people were strapped for cash and it cost zero dollars to start an on-demand product. So that was really, really great. And then I also started teaching a Pinterest masterclass. You know, everyone talks so much about Instagram and Facebook and all these things, but I get so much of my website traffic from Pinterest. And I was kind of curious when I had this idea to do this course, I went and looked at my Google analytics and over like a, a, I don't know, I can't remember if it was three months or six months, but over some kind of time period, I had gotten like 400 visits from Instagram and from Facebook, I'd gotten like 4,000 visits in that timeframe, but from Pinterest, I'd gotten like 40,000. You're kidding. Um, No. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I had, and I share like screen grabs of my Google analytics and show everyone because it's just, it's amazing. How effective Pinterest can be. And I think it's because Pinterest really cares about their users finding helpful information. Whereas Instagram and Facebook really care about you staying on their app. That's their number Mm -hmm. one priority. Whether you're finding useful information or not, or misinformation is really not their concern. And so on Pinterest, they really, really care that their users are finding. Helpful content to teach them how to do, make, or buy what they want, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they actually will send traffic to your website. Unlike other social platforms that really don't want anyone to ever leave their platform ever, (laughs)
0: right? Which at the end of the day, we are those those platforms. We're just renting their space from them. Not even renting it. We're like borrowing it, right? It's not ours on any level. We need to be building our own lists. I'm collecting Mm -hmm. emails, getting, getting that traffic to our own websites and Pinterest makes it a great avenue to do that.
1: Yeah. And, and Pinterest, you know, if you have a website and you've at all learned the tiniest bit about SEO that is all the things you can implement on pinterest pinterest is basically where you can put your keywords and all of that kind of stuff that you're that you've already probably invested time and energy and money into optimizing for your website you can just go replicate it all on pinterest and use all your keywords and and get that traffic you know in, instagram and facebook can be really great for those one-on-one conversations and building community Pinterest is not so good for one-on-one conversations, but if you want people to get to your website or sign up for your email list, it is great for that. Yeah. And, you know, I have
0: bought your Pinterest program, I do not think I've logged in yet because I was too busy launching this podcast, <laughs> but it's next up on our list. Once we, you know, get, get, get some time in the calendar, but well, you can create pins for each podcast
1: episode. I could.
0: I could. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Tori. I'll add that to my to-do list today. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing else. On nothing that else. List, nothing so. else. No. <laughs> but what I love and what I would love for our listeners to do is to go check out, you know, the show notes for, uh, for this episode at petboss.com forward slash episode episode 10. And we will link to the things that we've talked about here. But if you're interested in learning more about the Pinterest um, courses that Tori offers or the on-demand printing, absolutely go buy them because they're a great price. And Tori is an amazing facilitator and teacher. You lay it out very, you know, very easy to understand and you really don't hold back. You know, I love that you share your own experiences and you've done it. Like it's not like I remember when you were building your Pinterest course, you spent a lot of time thinking, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the work myself and then
1: I'm going to show you what I did and the results I got. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. And I, people always tell me how thorough <laughs> anything that I do is, and it's just, I never, you know, I always want to answer every question so that at the end there's never any questions. I, I so I do my best to do that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate
0: that about you. And that's why we're so happy to, you know, refer people to you. And you're also a mentor and the pet boss nation. Yeah. Um, we're originally, because like you said, helping us with Instagram, but you really can help people and pet business owners really online and in many variety of ways and with brands. I mean, you, you can really help people with so many things. So, we appreciate you. I think you're actually one of our most popular mentors because everyone it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to like talk about marketing, right? Who wants to talk about HR? (laughs) It's
1: it's my, it's my passion. Um, I, I love helping people grow their pet business online and, and be like realistic about it. Cause I think what's the problem with just Googling and getting free advice is that it's going to be overwhelming. It might not really be best suited to you and your needs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes There's too much advice online and you need to know what's great about talking to people like you or me is like, we can tell you do this and then next month do this and the next Mm -hmm. month do that so that you're not overwhelmed by everything.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Googling is only going to get you so far (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then you need support. Well, Tori, thanks so much for being here today. This has been awesome. Thank you for having me. Congrats on 10 episodes. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see. Like hopefully my goal, I love that you've gotten to 206, but I'm like, if I can just get to the the 52, one a week for the first year, (laughs) that's going to be a huge milestone because for me, it's about, you know, being consistent is that's like one of the hardest things in the world. I can create stuff, but then continuing on the plan that is hard.
1: Yes, it is. And it's, it's essential to have a team to support you. Yeah. So yeah. I know you have a, a podcast kind of producer and so do I, and that is essential. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. Sarah right now was like, yay.
0: <laughs> they gave us a shout out. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, thanks for being here today. I'm sure you'll be back at some point. I know that. Um, and if everybody wants to kind of get a hold of you, where should they go?
1: Yeah, well you can always find me at wearwagrepeat.com and that's W-E-A-R-Wag Repeat or on Instagram at wearwagrepeat or at T Mystic.
0: Fantastic. All right, everyone have a great rest of your day and we will see you back at Pet Boss Nation. Bye, guys. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? You know, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast, or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.